Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, episode 196 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is indeed One Man's Opinion. This is unfiltered, non-edited, non uh, maybe minor edit, just to make me sound sexier to everybody. But uh, this is a big boy and girl show. We will say the naughty words. We will talk about politics or race, religion, whatever comes up every now and then. And, of course, we talk a ton of sports on this program as well. Thank you for making this your destination podcast. Appreciate you guys liking, favoriting, subscribing, commenting, all that great stuff. It all helps those analytics of the podcast and the show. Thank you, one and all, for that. This is episode 196. My name is Chef Mans. You find my work exclusively at fantasyguru.com. Also hear me weekdays on Elite Sports, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87 on that show. Now three hours, by the way, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time every weekday afternoon. I got to get used to that three-hour thing. It's going very well, though. Very excited to talk more. That's what I like to do. Uh, again, fantasyguru.com. That is the place to be. It's the largest active group uh, in fantasy sports. Like the active community, I should specify, because that's what we do. We build leagues. We help each other. We are a brotherhood over there at fantasyguru.com. And right now, got that MVP package awaiting you over there. That includes NBA, NCAA basketball, NHL, PGA, MMA, soccer, NASCAR, all of it, all betting, all DFS, boom. It's all right there for you. Currently just 75 bucks. And we may have a special promo code to get $25 off of that even on the show today. And more than that in just a minute. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky, all those good social media. You can call me an asshole on any social media platform that you prefer, folks. It's always a good time. To do that, I am not alone today, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-uh. I suckered you right in. I got my main man, Justin Fensterman, from FantasyGuru.com and the brand-new SiriusXM show, Game Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on that aforementioned network, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Fensty joins me on One Man's Opinion. How are you, Fensty? Jimmy, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, my man. Always makes me giggle when you call me Jimmy. It is literally the best ever. Uh, and this is not an act. We do this in real life, too, folks, just so you know. <laughs> Anytime I call a Fensty, it's Jimmy, how you doing? Uh, we told, I think we told that story last time that we were on uh, the podcast. And by the way, I think you were like... The only guest I've had on between October or September and now here in late February. So uh, congratulations on, you know, coming back on the show. Uh, I don't usually do a lot of guests, Justin. So you're doing something right. Well, I'm honored to be the sole survivor in this situation, <laughs> Jeff. So it's good to be back with you. And yeah, man, it's just been great. It's good seeing host football, Jeff, because we all love in-season football, Jeff Manns. But mm. host football, Jeff Manns is my favorite because he becomes NBA Jeff Mans, and I NBA, love that. NBA Jeffy here, everybody. And that's basically what we're going to talk about here today, folks. That's what I 
I want to get Justin here. We want to talk about the second half. It's been the all-star break, so a couple of down days right now. But by the time most of you are listening to this, the NBA has kicked off the second half of the season, and there's money to be won. There's fun to be had. There's good times uh, up front, and I'm very excited about it. I do get into NBA this time of year especially and again we've got big announcements and that's one of the reasons justin's on the show here today let's talk a little bit about that brand new show game time technically called elite sports game time on sirius xm fantasy sports radio and the show kicked off this week you're a couple episodes deep already you and ray flowers 8 to 10 p.m eastern time every weekday tell us a little bit about how that show came about and what you guys got on tap for us well there's nothing more fun i mean we all love talk radio but live action radio is just great it's on a whole other level and that's from a pace standpoint that's from an excitement standpoint because all day long while we're scheming to get our action in our bets our dfs lineups the players that we're going to focus on we've got all day to think about it now is the time for the performance and we get to enjoy it and what ray and i are doing monday through thursday on sirius xm fantasy sports radio is we're going through all that live action and not just one sport this isn't just a show that's going to be previewing the fantasy baseball season that's coming up maybe the first few days because we don't have a lot of live action (laughs) but when there's a lot of live action in sports we are going to be covering it we're covering covering it from a betting standpoint and one of my favorite things about the show is that we at sirius xm have all the access to the different play-by- play feeds around the country and we're going to get to go to those games and focus on your players who are performing at that moment someone's up with the bases loaded we're going to try to hit it late in the game we've got an over or under on the line in the game and it's going down to the final two minutes and we're seeing some scoring we're going to cover it we're going to be sweating and really bringing that energy level that adrenaline level to an all-time high on the radio just to keep everybody updated and informed Absolutely. And by the way, follow Justin Fensterman on Twitter at Fensty Sports. Where are you? Where are your other social handles? I, I don't know. Do I even follow you anywhere else? I don't do many other ones. Fensty Sports on X and on Instagram and then just Fensty on TikTok. And then, of just course, Fensty. as always, oh, yeah. it's become it's become the social media rage of the world. The fantasy guru betting discord for NBA and the DFS NBA discord. Right now, I'm at Fensty underscore for some yeah, reason. dis. Discord boxed me into a corner and they forced me to change my name. And I really don't know why they gave me a deadline. So I thought I could make it to the deadline and then they double teamed me and then forced me to change the handle. And they gave me the handle and I don't know how to change it back. (laughs) I had no idea why that you had that little thing. Yeah, man, it looks horrible and I can't change it back. It's a weird thing. Uh, All the social media. I swear to God, I told people the other day, the next billionaire in this world is going to be somebody who could just get all the passwords together, like get one system of just one password that it works everywhere that other people, you know, fuckheads can't steal. And that's going, that's going to be the next billion dollar idea. Somebody does it right. I know there's a hundred different options and all kinds of security, but nobody's got it right. Nobody's got it right. Someday, that will be the fucking next billionaire thing. And we all could keep our usernames and our right emails and all of that kind of shit because uh, this shit's for the birds. It's, it's fucking crazy, but it's annoying. And it's like, I have to like track down rusty. I don't even know if he's going to be able to change it. It's just, a, it's just, 
I, why they forced me to change it because then what happens is people start tagging me but they're tagging the wrong name as soon as you write the f-e-n then it should come up but for those that are used to writing fancy i don't like that it destroys the rhythm that's the rhythm of the night justin as you know <laughs> i love that man. song actually i know you do <laughs> it just fits so perfectly my man it's so weird this shit writes itself man who fucking needs a script Dude, so like fenced in rate, that show's going to be great. And like, this is something that you guys can participate in, whether or not you're a serious XM subscriber or not. And I want to, we're, we're going to talk a lot of NBA here on the show today. I know, I know people have told me, and I, I love the conversation fancy. There have been several people over last week or two, like Jeff, I just can't. Can't get into why? it. I just but don't why, like why? it. I heard you talk about this. Yeah. Why is there so much resistance on this amazing sport? I am a unless I am like those people. Probably I am a creature of habit. I am fucking though. I'm the worst. Like when I I just don't. I just want to be comfortable. I just want to do my thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like that. But he here's what I want to talk about. And start here, Fensty. On I I don't I can't really talk about this angle of it on Sirius XM too much because then I get called like a degenerate and all this shit. But listen, everybody, we are all making less money now than we were before, right? It's just no matter what, gas prices go up, grocery prices go up, fucking goods and services and car payments and insurance and healthcare and every fucking thing that we do, it you you just are making less, even if you're making the same amount, or even if you're making more than you were two, three, four, five, six years ago, it still feels like less, right? I, I just don't feel like if you, you have a couple different options, get another job, fuckhead, <laughs> or, or get a side hustle. In this day and age, you need a side hustle. You kind of always got to be earning. Always the old our grandfather and Elvis Presley always be closing all that shit. No, let's always be hustling. Let's always be earning ABE. That's what we need to be doing. And in that capacity, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to make a supplemental income that some people say. You don't have to make another twelve hundred a week or whatever the fuck it is. No, but if you make an extra sixty bucks. 50 bucks, 25 bucks, that shit helps. And if, no, if for nothing else, your entertainment value alone, instead of movies and music and all kinds of shit and sloppy foods that we buy and, you know, uh, all those cookies and places that Starbucks to charge it up. Instead of doing that, you're doing something you love. You love sports. You love making lineups. You love fantasy sports. You like knowing or at least pretending you know something about sports and earning a lit or at least becoming even Steven at it is a pretty good proposition in my mind. So that's, this should be your side hustle, make some cash. And I was talking about it the other day on the XM show fancy. I, I will. I fucking love, I have trouble sleeping. It has been a problem for me forever. And I have several tricks that I have used. And I've done all the white noise, green noise, brown noise, all the bullshit, all the fucking melatonin and drugs. And I don't like, I don't want to take all the drugs. I don't want to get addicted to Ambien and shit. So what about being I, a chalk play before bed? Does that help? I, I love doing that. No, no, I get <laughs> oh. riled up. Even, yeah, no. Puts my significant other out. She goes right out. 
you know, uh, probably in disgust, but less. <laughs> but but me, I get charged up, man. I I really do. And that's the opposite, man. It like takes my energy, and I'm like, okay, oh really? Good night, good night, oh, that's, Irene. That's, that's good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Um, yeah, I wish it did. So what helps me is I lay down. I got I think through things, and there's something about earning. There's something about winning. There's something about it that just puts my mind right. I fucking love late night NBA getting it's why when I have a, a good Sunday, when I win my core four hits, DFS is cash. And you know, maybe a GPP lineup that day. My bets have won. When I have a good Sunday is my best night of sleep of the entire week during the football season. When that happens, when it doesn't, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm eating bags of Doritos. I'm, you know, up till five 30 in the morning, you know, all pissed off. It's like, it's just something it eases you out. It, it's something to sit down or lay down and think about, all right, I did good today. I made a profit, $10, $5, whatever it is. I made something. I did something. I'm helping out. It's, you sleep like a baby when you get a big raise. Well, this should be your big raise. And I don't know why people are so opposed to that premise. Like, be open-minded. I understand you may not love the sport. You may not love the players. You you know, and right now, everyone wants to make us fucking stand. I don't like this. I don't. And again, we can do that till we're blue in the face, Fensty. But, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't about them. It's not about their league. It's not about their teams, th those players. Fuck all of them. Fuck them in the goat ass. I don't care. Care about yourself. Make a profit on your own. And I'm telling everybody at Justin Fensterman, our NBA team, I think, is top of the line as it fucking gets in this world. And we're making money on NBA. Not every night, but most fucking nights we sleep like a baby, Fenster. Right, but here's the interesting thing, Jeff, and, and this is like when you win, you sleep like a baby. On nights where I go 3-0 and or 2-1 and on my bets, it keeps me up at night because I'm just so happy. Really? Yeah, oh. because it, it, it makes me oh, just so, so happy. I like the feeling of winning little victories oh, yeah. make me and they should make everybody feel a sense of satisfaction on nights where I've gone three and oh, and we're all celebrating in discord. I'm often up an extra hour and a half than I would oh, be wow. because I'm excited. And I wow. want that feeling, Jeff. I want that excited and victor victorious feeling that makes me excited and to stay up and to think about, the great successful night we just had, and then hear all these compliments and discord and everybody celebrating and high-fiving each other. It, it hits the heart and it makes me feel good. So it's funny that you bring it up because for me, it has an mm, opposite, opposite effect, but just because it makes me feel that way doesn't mean I don't love it. I yearn for that feeling every night. I have a drive and a passion for achieving. It's just, it's an absolute must and like when I do something and I achieve something, I get something that just eases me on out. Right. I get, when I don't, especially when I let like our members down or a listener down or anybody like that, like I let Fensty down cause I made a stupid bet, you know, whatever it is, like I, I feel responsible and I feel like, Oh shit, why are you sleeping? There's work to be done. So it's interesting. Kind of have the adverse hit us up at Jeff underscore man's at Fensty sports on Twitter. Do you guys, what, what works for you? Do you sleep like a baby after a win or are you up trying to get that next one? I'm very curious on how you guys fall on all that. I will tell you that I've 
become a lot more open-minded with the sports I play and the contests and everything else. Now I am a creature of habit. I like what I like, but I like that winning feeling more. I like my pocketbook more. I like my side hustle more. You know, I like winning my bets and DFS contests more. And again, I mentioned that our NBA team is second to none. I strongly believe that. And, uh, you know, we've done great things and I want to dive into that a little bit and let's give everybody a thought fence. The, uh, just about the NBA in general, people who are opposed to it, like give them the NBA sales pitch, even though it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to like what LeBron James stands for to appreciate a 40 year old's game. Let me just say to start is that when it comes to venturing into a sport that you're unfamiliar with a sport that you think that you need to know X, Y, and Z and all these analytics in order to win. You're not alone when you join the elite mafia. You're not. Right. A big initiative that we are taking, especially this year, but every year at Fantasy Guru, is making sure we prioritize our subscribers, making sure we prioritize our audience, and that's answering every question we can in Discord, being there to talk strategy. And not only that, and I feel like, Jeff, when we were first – Bring, being brought up in the industry in, let's say, the 2000s and the 2010s, I felt like it was a lot of because of things like late swap and DFS not existing. It was, oh, you write the content and it's that's it. See you later. Your job is done. Your job's never fucking done. It's not, <laughs> it's yes. not at all. It no. is not. We are just beginning when the night begins. Because then the questions don't stop because people are watching and are like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this happening? What am I doing wrong? And we're there for them. We're there to explain what's going on in the game, players that are in foul trouble. And part of that, Jeff, is watching the games. And that's why yeah. these watch parties that we have in Discord are so vital and important. And so many people who I spoke to when I was saying cash games cash when it comes to NBA, and there was a lot of people because I feel like before I got here, it was all GPPs and that's it. But cash games, fucking cash. They okay? do. You win $10, that's a big victory because you put your lineup that's going to be awesome with plays you know that are in great matchups. You put those in cash lines, a few of them right there. All of a sudden, you're not just winning $10. You're winning now $40, and that's a big win. If you win that much every single night, is it the big four figure win that you're yearning for the five figure win that you see advertised almost falsely on TV? It's not Always. that it's not False. that Jeff, but that's the thing. Pete, no one's alone. Everybody's going to learn. No. And we're not above anybody here at fantasy guru. You guys out there are our lifeblood, whether you're listening to Jeff or myself on Sirius XM or whether you're part of the elite mafia your subscription and vote of confidence is our lifeblood, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you know that you've invested the yeah. right way. And it starts with investing in us, Jeff. We're, we're exactly right. And by the way, use that promo code GAMETIME, all one word, fantasyguru.com. Get that MVP package and all college basketball. Was, thank God for Ted because he's been absolutely on fire in college oh, he, right he, now. He can't get enough. And you know what, man? He has nights where you see a lot of X's and you know what? He's right back there the next day. 
Absolutely. And he's been on fire in recent vintage as well. Perfect timing during the NBA All-Star break. And then there's Fenstie, myself, Armando, Scott Bonder, Mike DeBeard, Chris Rose, everybody doing a wonderful job in the NBA team, NASCAR. You get all the other sports as well, PGA, MMA, soccer. It, you know, it's a great deal. And again, game time is the promo code. It gives you another 20 five bucks off of the already low price that we just slashed to everybody. So make sure you get over there and check it out. So when it comes to NBA and like you said, you're not alone. We're teaching people and we're educating people. And we're watching these games and we do have those watch along Wednesdays and what, I don't know what Sandro calls them tug along Tuesdays or whatever he calls it. <laughs> Tip, tip off Tuesday. Tip off Tuesday is what he, uh, that's what he calls it on air. I think off air, he says something much dirtier. Sandro's low key dirty, by the way. He is. But, he is very much. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's what we're doing. And we're, we're fighting along with you. And by the way, going back to what Justin said about the cash game thing, folks, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I'm trying to get you guys to that point. Here is my life. This is just straight up fucking real real talk real everything i will have a losing streak no question football baseball all sports nba fine and cash game dfs cash games whether it's nba nfl major league baseball those are only three i really play and i don't play nba dfs a lot to be honest with you and i didn't play it for several years before fenstie got here truth be told and not because I don't like our team and everything. I just didn't have time. And I didn't also, I've I just bothered. I, I know I could bother Fenstey to the end of the earth and he won't hate me. So uh, that Absolutely. part, I know, you know, but when I lose, I it's, it's easy. I just know. And if I want to win more, if I got that itch, which sometimes I do listen, truth, truth, talk. My wife wants new flooring in the house. She wants fucking hardwood floors. She wants to fuck carpet. And we got a, oh, we got a new car. Uh, we got estimates. It's 50 grand. I'm like, oh, fuck. You got to be For carpet? fucking. What is this? Dude, made of diamonds or something? 22,000 in carpet and like 26, 27 in uh, hard, the hardwood, the uh, like lamp, like wood floors or whatever. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I, I don't know what we're going to, but I'm telling you. So that's, that's reality. I'm literally in the middle. I have carpet samples and tile samples all over my fucking house right now. And the thing is, I'm like, well, all right, time to win. I, I just have to go to work. And my work is betting DFS. And I know that over a period of time, I'm going to win. It's not a question of if. It, that is no longer part of my world. I understand. I lived it just like all of you. I started out. I've been in the industry since 05. I played DFS. I know that everybody's at a different stage, and I totally respect and understand that. For me right now, it is a matter of, all right, instead of playing, like if the NFL in season, towards the end of the season when I knew this was coming, instead of playing my usual $2,500 of cash games, I was playing $3,500 of cash games. I just I just moved the need. I just, I don't bet. 50 or a hundred dollars very much anymore. I'm betting 250, $300 on a bet. Why? Because I need more return. Cause that's what I need at this right juncture. And I know it's coming. There's no question whether it will come. It's, it is a matter of when you don't know, and you have to be able to lose that. So don't fucking, you know, especially when you're, you're not at that stage yet where, but this is a stage where you can get to where this is a printing machine. It just is a matter of, all right, 
I got to get 50 grand somehow by the end of this NBA season. That's if that's a goal, I know that's what I have to do. I have all my spreadsheets ready to go. All right, here's what I can do. And it's just going to be ramped up and up and up and up. And I'm going to pocket and side, you know, withdraw, withdraw portions of my account balance until I can get at least, you know, the, the deposit down and everything else. And know that by the end of this, by the time that flooring and everything's in, or maybe I do a payment plan or something, I'm going to have my 50 grand to pay it up. That's how it works for me right now. That is just it, right? There's no ifs, there's no questioning anymore. I used to be like that and it scared the shit out of me and I couldn't do it. I would never ramp up my play. But once you learn enough, once you get to the point where you're secure and sure of yourself, then ramping up is like, oh, I want to make two grand today. All right, well, I'll bet a grand, right? Everybody has the same thing. You're not special. Everybody wants, to, I only want to bet a dollar and I want to win a grand. No, well, that's not happening. That's foolish. That's childish. No, don't even think about it that way. Don't even think about your GPP mentality. Think about cash games. You have a 50% chance to win. There's no reason with the help of us, Fancy, myself, and fantasyguru.com, there's no reason you should not be secure in building lineups and profiting over the long haul. There's no reason for it. And you can get there. And then once you're secure in that, once you're sure, once you've seen it and it's played out, then you just ramp up your play. It's not it's not that big of a deal. You don't even think about it. I don't even think, oh no, I'm out a thousand dollars. If I start sitting back and thinking, oh no, I'm playing five grand total DFS this week, I start thinking, oh my God, that's fucking crazy. Cause it is. But I don't look at it in those terms. My terms is I need nine grand. So I gotta play five in cash minus the rake. You know what I mean, Fancy? So it's important to understand that and strive for that. That the big paydays in cash games are there. They will happen at a 50% rate. That's a phenomenal opportunity, you know, chances to win because you could fall into the top 50% in a contest. You can't fall into a fucking GPP hit or a millimaker hit. There's no such thing. It's perfection or die. So, you know, it, it, people never think of it in those terms that once you've gotten it down, the process fancy, then you just ramp up your play and you can win all the money in the world. I mean, I'll be honest with you right now, Jeff. I can't, I'm trying to even remember. I don't think I've played in a single GPP at all this year in NBA. Not one, mm -hmm. not one. And there are some out there that kind of doubt me. And I can tell I'm very good at reading people. And I can tell that there are some of the subscribers that doubt me because I'm not a regular GPP player. Doesn't right. mean I discredit them in my write-ups and everything. I absolutely yeah. bold out GPP plays. And I mm -hmm. say it when I write my player descriptions. This player leans more GPP. This player totally GPP. And for me, I want to make sure that everybody knows that. But also, I'm in this because what I know is what players have great matchups. Based on everything, all the elements, who's in, who's out. I don't want to have to try and get cute. I want to go in after those players. I want to go after those matchups, and I want to exploit the matchups that I know we can exploit and not have to worry about ownership as much. And yes, there are going to be nights where the pay lines are very high, but there are going to be other nights where we've had where the pay lines are very low and we're smashing it. 
And that's why one of the things I've loved and being able to talk about cash games, cashing until I'm blue in the face in the discord channel is that we're seeing when people are winning, Jeff, it's not just one screenshot of one lineup. We're seeing a screenshot with about four different cash game lineups in there. And it's not just you're winning $10. Now you're winning $50 a night. And that's what it's all about. Not depositing. And for me, I feel like I serve our audience best by giving you the best plays as they lie and not having to worry about fading an excellent surefire matchup because I'm worried about 15% ownership in a contest. Absolutely. The game theory part of it is absolutely huge. No question. Let's look at the second half of the season for the NBA here, Fenstey, and talk about some of these matchups and what we need to look for. So um, number one is Doc Rivers killing the Bucks. Is this just over? I mean, it's been a disaster. And this guy fell into one championship and keeps getting gainfully employed. I wish I would was so lucky. But like, what are we seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks, Justin, that worries you about them going in the second half or will they figure it out because doc could give his Midas touch. Let me tell you, Jeff, and you and I have talked about doc rivers for, I feel like a decade at this point, doc rivers is the most overrated coach in sports. I used to say just the NBA uh -uh, sports. The fact that this guy is being given keys to the fanciest of cars in the NBA of these teams, the Sixers, the bucks contending teams before that, the Los Angeles Clippers, which he had multiple contending teams and could barely get out of the first round, let alone not get to the conference finals out West. And when he had that Celtics team, he brought them to the mountaintop the first year with the original big three, where the rest of the league had no idea how to react to how this team came together. Then he didn't get there again. So it didn't make sense to me why they coveted Doc Rivers so much that they had to get rid of Adrian Griffin, where they're well over 500. Clearly, there were problems with him and Giannis behind closed doors. But Doc Rivers isn't a good coach. And it's funny, Jeff, because J.J. Redick, who I respect, I respect the hell out of his opinion. He keeps it real, Jeff. I don't know how much you've listened to J.J. Redick. His podcast, The Old Man and the Three, also very good when it comes to really just being honest about the game of basketball and shooting straight. And he played for Doc Rivers for many years. And Doc Rivers, very impatient. He's not that emotional leader that a lot of analysts like to paint him out to be. And even last week, when I was on Fantasy Sports Radio doing the second half NBA preview show, I spoke to former Suns GM, Ryan McDonough, who worked in the Celtics organization with Doc when they won the championship. And during Doc's years with the Celtics, he was there working with the organization. And I had to bite my tongue, Jeff, because I know the answer. I know there is nothing this guy can say when I ask him what Doc Rivers could bring to the Bucs that will impress me, that will wow me. He's going to give me the same old, he's a good emotional leader. It's bullshit. The guy is a bad coach. He's not a good coach, Jeff. He's not. Adrian Griffin's well, a first-year coach, and he has this team well above 500, and they get rid of this guy, and now Doc Rivers doesn't solve his defensive teams. And like J.J. Reddick says, he takes no accountability. For years, he's blaming his rosters that he's creating. He's blaming the players for lack of effort. He sucks. Yeah. Well, it's in the Bucks are a fraud. Here's a way, uh, again, here's here's how to spot a fraud in my opinion right in for the nba uh, it's one of my criticisms for a long time about the nba and things look at the home road splits for a second right go look at milwaukee's record 23 and 7 at home they're 12 they're under 500 on the road 
right? When they're not getting the calls, th- that's what happens at the NBA. I, I always yell. I always laugh about it because you just cheer. Yay. This doesn't mean you shoot better. It's all bullshit. What matters is you get to the fucking free throw line. You get free points. It's the only sport in which they give you points. Here's points. Soccer, football, they don't say they, – they move the ball. They don't fucking say, here's points, though. And, like, they do free throws. That's what happens. And when your team's just killing it at home and they're under 500 on the road, they're not really a contender. Somewhere along the line, you got to win on the road. You got to overcome those calls and everything else. The Bucks haven't done that even before Doc Rivers. They were marginal better, but I don't think they've won a road game since he's gotten there. So that's one of the things to look at too. And the other fact of is a player you and I talk about a lot is Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard winning everything at the All-Star break is fucking hilarious. It is. It's funny. Where is this guy? Where is this? This is the before I followed the NBA. I thought, oh, yeah, Dame Lillard's a fucking stud. This guy's one of the best players in the league. I don't know why. Because I see highlights and I watch clip shows and dudes shooting from the fucking logo. Awesome. You watch him on a nightly basis, lazy, doesn't play defense, doesn't ever attack the boards at all anymore. It's just kind of a spectator a lot of times. Perfect for the NBA festivities, Fancy. So it's one of those, don't be snookered in by Dame Lillard here either, because this is a player, unless you're betting specifically on like threes, I'm not interested in Dame Lillard. That's something you've been telling me all season long. You know how there's instant oatmeal, Jeff, that you could make? They're Dame Lillard's instant offense. That's all he is. Is he's he, Vinny Microwave Johnson? No, see, that's <laughs> that's I see where you're going. No, Vinny Microwave Johnson actually played very good defense and was a decent two-way player. Dame Lillard doesn't play any defense. They can't put him on an opposing guard that's very high octane scoring. You can't put him on Trey Young. You can't put him on. I mean, how do they match up against the Mavericks? You can't put him on Luka or Kyrie. What are you gonna no. do? But you have to start them, and that's the problem with Dame Lillard, and that was something we talked about before. Them not having Drew Holiday to help defend that perimeter is a massive loss because they brought in more offense, but Dame Lillard doesn't play a lick of defense, and I agree with you. I don't believe in the Milwaukee Bucks. Doc Rivers being there doesn't do anything for me. Them just getting Patrick Beverly at the deadline doesn't really do much for me. Chris Middleton. Now he's banged up once again. He's never healthy anymore. And the one thing that's really shocking to me in all this, because the focus seems to be entirely on Giannis and Dame, Brooke Lopez, where's the guy's defense? I mean, the numbers won't show you that, Jeff. The numbers will show you that he might be Mm. borderline top 10 defender, but I'm watching this guy and I'm watching guys six inches smaller than him blow by him and hit the basket and score on him frequently. And again, that's only what you see when you watch these games. And that's why we do it together at Fantasy Guru. Yeah, man. And uh, by the way, you mentioned Patrick Beverly. The one thing I'll say about getting Patrick Beverly, it's it, he's a firecracker, whatever way it goes. But the one thing I think it fits with Milwaukee a little bit just because he's going to be in their face. Yes. He ain't afraid to stand up to fuck all. Like he's, he will get in your face and he will, he's not afraid to talk to Giannis or anybody else. So he gives him a little bit of an edge, even at this advanced age of his. So I get it from that standpoint. What do you think of campaign, by the way? With campaign, I always liked the quickness. I just always thought that he was misused. Back when I was growing up in the 90s, when you had Mm. quick guards like Mark Jackson and, Howard Isley, even Derek Harper back in the day, 
all these guys were looking to drive. They weren't settling for jumpers and something that you mentioned before. I mean, the three pointers, can we get a guard to drive aggressively to the basket and show that they're an excellent driver? Allen Iverson, an amazing driver. And he always attacked the basket and he was way smaller than a lot of the guys that he was going up against. And yeah. with someone like campaign with that quickness, I always felt like he should have tried to attack the basket, draw more contact, but he likes to hang at that arc. So with him, I always liked that quickness. I just wish there was a coach that would teach him to use it properly. It's fascinating because, you know, it's to me, he was a very necessary part of that Milwaukee offense, especially when Dame got out of there and, and would come on the court as somebody that I was interested in and then completely nothing uh, and then getting rid of him. Like he's bouncing around a lot. So I, I have like speculation on some of these locker room guys. You know, it's fascinating to me because on the surface, the campaign's fine and uh, Beverly, Patrick Beverly's an asshole. But yet Beverly's always seems to be wanted everywhere he goes, even though the persona seems a bit different. Uh, who else? What other teams are you looking for here in the second half? And who's going to make a run uh, in, in either conference, in your opinion? The first team I look at is the Miami Heat. They scare me. If I'm any of out, maybe not Boston, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Milwaukee, if I'm the Knicks, and these are the teams right now that have playoff spots secured, it's very close. I don't want to face the Heat. The Heat did yeah. a great job at the trade deadline. They got Terry yes. Rozier, which bumps them up both offensively and defensively, but even more so on the offensive side because Kyle Lowry, as good of a defender as he is, he's got old legs, and now you get a guy who's about eight years younger than him who can provide that offense as well. He's a great addition to this team. They are also signing DeLon Wright as well, who just got waived. So they did a very good job, Miami, of getting somebody that could supplement their offense even more. And they're scary because they're well-coached, Jeff. Eric Spolstra, yeah. he's, a, he's a guy that we are trying to get our subscribers to be. He's a tape watcher. He started as the <laughs> videotape coordinator for the Heat yeah. back yeah. in the mid-90s. And he worked his way up, oh, yeah. all the way up. And yeah, people wanted to discredit him because he had the Heatles with Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. But then he also was able to succeed without them too and then started to gain more credit. Then he was just extended 10 years. So he's a great coach. They're disciplined defensively. They can slow you down. Jimmy Butler is a beast. As much as Jimmy Butler isn't that flashy scorer, he is still that beast on the defensive end. And when it's really crunch time and you're down by 10 points, this guy doesn't give up. He's got that heart of a champion, and he'll bring you back slowly but surely. They just have a lot of players, Jeff, that I really, really like that are two-way players and especially disciplined defensively. So that's a team I'm watching to make a run. And one of the futures bets that I was talking about on elite sports game time on Monday was that the heat right now who have 30 wins and the odds are still pretty decent. They're starting to get a little juicy, but still pretty decent on DraftKings. The heat going over 45 and a half wins. They're at 30 right now. They've got about 27 games to go if I'm counting correctly. And I think they can get over that 45 and a half mark with what they have now. You mentioned guys like Rogier was a great get, but, you know, I know, you guys, I know he screwed you in a bet 
in his final game in Charlotte, Joe. Oh, yeah, he totally fucked me on that. And he actually started out like dog shit shooting in Miami, too, but he started to come on right before the break. He's, he's getting used as to well. the flow of the team. Now. But, but I mean, but I mean, they're deep, though, is what I'm saying. Like Duncan Robinson and Jaime Hawkins and these guys that are starting to emerge now as well. They're good rotational players that really can give Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero the kind of air that they need, you know, kind of to they, to have guys who can play defense, guys that are long, guys that can score off the bench. Like, though, that's huge. Like, Kevin Love time, is still a thing, though. Jeff. Kevin yeah. Love, like, Mike Love around. is still a thing at 82 years old, his uncle on the Beach Boys. Kevin Love is still <laughs> a thing at, like, 58 years old. Yeah, no shit. It's, it's wild, but I like that bet. I don't mind that one at all. Uh, Miami, good team. What are your thoughts uh, on the Phoenix Suns? Because that's a team, obviously, it's local here. Uh, in Arizona where I'm at, but this is a team that's starting. You, you see it, especially when Beal <laughs> got hurt right before the fucking all-star break. But like when the big three, the big three is learned to play together. And that's one thing you see a lot of teams getting their big three and their versions of it. Right. But then you, they never are on the court long enough. It's what happened in Brooklyn. Quite frankly, if you're never on the court, you never learn to play together. I saw it with the Phoenix Suns. And I'm like, oh, this this team's got a little bit here. Um, what do you think of them going for? Are they a serious contender out of the West? I, I think they are. And last year I got duped by them because I thought that they were deeper than they were. This year I actually like their depth, even though when you look at it on paper, it's not really that much. But with the thing, like you said, with the big three, and this is something we talked about in my last appearance with you, the importance of Devin Booker running the point not having Bradley Beal do as much. And I think that's working out for them. We're seeing Booker run the point a little bit more. Not Bradley. all the time. Not, not all the time. All the time. Not, it's but the Booker majority home, of the time, Beal I'd say on he's the doing road. Right. Beal on the road, Booker at home. That's kind of the way, at least that's the that's the one who's the ball getting the ball the most. They're better interchangeable with that. But I've noticed that, and that's why I really like playing Bradley Beal assist numbers on the road. Right, something, and I love Booker's at home a little bit more. Booker also likes to score yes. uh, at home, so that's another thing. So, um, just a, and I love that interchangeability. Like I fucking love that about that team that they could have multiples bringing up the ball. Durant can do it, obviously, and he's playing the four for them as well. So I think they're they're a tough out, no question about it. It's just a matter of whether or not. They can stay healthy. But now love the Royce O'Neal addition too. I think that was a very clutch grab by them. A guy who can play multiple positions, good two-way player, can hit you a knockdown three. He'll be open for those threes. But mm -hmm. really to get him for the scrappiness, I thought was actually a very nice grab for them. Was he on the Nets when he, he Durant was, on, was there? He was on the Nets. No, but when Durant was there. I, I think was... he was actually I okay. think they, yeah, because that's what yeah. I was. I was curious about the get, and it's like, all right, it's you know, so that seemed like a very specific get, right? For me, like, okay, okay, you know what, and you know, KD, they're getting their guys as much as possible. So yeah, that I thought that was an interesting one as well, but a good addition to that team as well. So as we're post the trade deadline now in the NBA, so as you see things right now, who are some players to invest in? Who do you think is going to have a strong second half in terms of players? Who, which rotations are you most interested in seeing how they play out? And who's like positioned for a little bit of a run that may not be a main household name yet? Okay, so I'm going to bring up. Everyone's going to get ready to laugh at me now because this you is you say a, LeBron. I'm going to kill you. It's not LeBron James. It's a okay. player that the elite mafia 
because of oh, me yeah. there has it gotten is. hooked on I two straight bets. And it's one of my favorite oh. power forwards in the league who just oh. came back from injury, Evan Mobley. Oh, yeah. And love Jeff, Mobley. I loved him at USC. I fucking love this guy. Jeff, Evan Mobley, when he first came back from injury, he was getting maybe 23, 24 minutes, and the props were low on him. Points, right. rebounds, we were cashing. All of a sudden, they went up a little bit, mm-hmm. and he wasn't playing 30 minutes. They weren't giving him 30 minutes, and maybe I should have saw that without the 30 minutes that maybe I should back off a little bit from him. But at the same time, in great matchups that he had, one of them being against the Bulls while it's a pace-down spot, DeMar DeRozan is such a shoddy defender. We got hooked on that number, and there was another one right after that in his next matchup where he didn't come back in, and they decided to just play Jared Allen for the most part and only bring him back in for specific minute-long stretches. I think post-All-Star break, we're going to start to see this guy play over 30 minutes again, but the prop lines aren't going to know that they're going to be low for the first few games. So to think that you probably think, go, you got hooked on this one player, the last two bets, probably going to stay away from him for a while. No, no, no. That's the mistake that betters make. Now we're going to get those low lines, but he's had the all-star break, Jeff. I'm thinking right off the shoot, he's getting 30-plus minutes, and that's going to give us a little bit more of an edge when betting his props early on before the books catch up. Well, I think in, with the NBA, you got to you know, collect all the information, right? And I want to talk about that a little bit here, how to handle the news cycle and things like that. But when you look at the Cavs, they're six games back of Boston right now, but you know they moved ahead of the, the Bucks in the East going into the break. They do have Mobley back. Mobley's a 35-minute, a 35-minute-a-game guy, and he's been playing 26 since coming back, right? So right. there's going to be some inflation here for sure, without any doubt. And like you said, the numbers are going to reflect what – it's one thing about betting on NBA. You get a lot of recency bias. You drive the numbers up, uh, something Fancy and I both do. Rudy Gobert, right, Fancy? Like yep, we, we right. ride these numbers up until they're at their appropriate spot, and then we jump off when they become too dangerous. But the, And then we jump on the next boat. And then we go, you know, and run that one up. We'll run a, a player prop for, you know, a couple of days. I've had Jonathan Kaminga of the Golden State Warriors, his assist, because I noticed, you know, his role in um, the pick and roll over there has been much more distributing, especially when Draymond was out. And I'm like, all right, his fucking player prop, one and a half, two and a half assists. And he was going over that nightly. Then all of a sudden they started moving up to three. They moved it up to three and a half for a little while. So we backed on off and it was little things like that are, uh, are very important, but I, I like that call. I can't believe you didn't say Scotty Barnes when you were, no, when you said geez. elite mafia has come to know that's your dude, isn't it? It was, but we had to get off of him because oh. the roster composition changed. And yeah, quite frankly, the books, the books smartened up and they put his numbers way too high. Now Scotty Barnes doesn't have Pascal Siakam anymore to kind of take some of the heat off of him. It's just him now. And from watching the Raptors, which is very painful to do, I don't like watching the Raptors that much. And it's not their fault. They've changed a lot of pieces since the calendar turned to 2024. I mean, they traded for guys like Quickly and Barrett from the Knicks. They got rid of Ananobi. They traded away Pascal Siakam. They got Bruce Brown. So they've been rotating. They got Kelly Olynyk at the deadline. They've been rotating a lot of pieces. Schroeder was traded away. So now Scotty Barnes has a lot more responsibility, but the books 
books haven't changed those numbers besides slightly. So it's been very hard for me, Jeff, to figure out when to bet Scotty Barnes. So I can't tell you the last time I wrote in the betting sheets a Scotty Barnes bet. It's just too dangerous. But, oh, man, at the beginning of the season, it was Scotty uh-huh. Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, every single matchup, and we were cashing. Uh, Kate Cunningham is a, uh, one of the favorites of mine, obviously. I think, I don't know if I called, I don't know if I said it last time. I definitely thought it, that I'm like, oh, the Pistons are going to surprise some people this year. And they came out fucking terrible. Oh, they're bad. Like, that team is bad, but the thing is they have some legit talent, talent that I really like and believe in long-term, like Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and some of these guys that I really do like, but it's just not clicking for them as of yet. So how can I, can I ask you an honest question and you can course. tell me how you feel because you, you brought uh, up to me like about seven and a quarter inches. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were, Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I thought, I thought you were 6.3. Interesting. The, yeah, over, the over hit on that. It it depends if I win the bet or lose the bet that night. <laughs> you're, you're a grower, not a shower. <laughs> a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, yeah. I, a couple questions I want to ask you because I want to get your perspective from All a subscriber best. standpoint. Uh-huh. Do you do you not like or are you okay with me going back in on certain players and not having a very wide variety but honing in on the Rudy Gobert's of, that have low point props for the most part where he's still very involved because he plays such good defense where I'm saying that you know a lot of nights Rudy Gobert has that good matchup to go over – versus me having just a wide variety of players because that's been my kind of strategy and secret sauce to success is finding those few players and being on them trying to squeeze the juice out of the orange as much as possible yeah i i don't really have any preference like my preference i'm like adrian and rocky too win just win (laughs) like that that's all that really matters to me i I like I, i think that for those on the outside looking in and when the you know, fancy does it, I do the same thing where we'll bet a specific player. A lot of times, uh, Cecchio, my dude who just got yes. traded as well. Like, Oh, I, I hated telling you that, man. I was shocked when he got dealt because I thought that he was, was too. a bit of a fixture in Utah. So did I, I was kind of surprised, but, but again, it goes to a team that I think, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just bad evaluator of NBA talent, but I, I like, I, I like it. Um, no, I think it shows a lot of confidence. And I think that's the most important thing. When you know a player, listen, we can make a billion dollars if we bet on Rudy Gobert or Jaden Ivey or Cade Cunningham. Yeah, and, and we can bet them every fucking day. If you have one, that's the thing that people have to understand. You don't need to conquer the entire world. You, and I think that's, we get into hero ball a lot. Right, where you, you try to do too much. You try to do everything, and you're really accomplishing nothing. You try to be a great, better DFS player, seasonal, all that stuff, and you end up doing nothing because you get too distracted from everything, doing, you know, putting minimal effort into it. You, you just have to do one thing. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I think do the things that are most confident and that yep. you believe in the most and that you, the matchups on that day. And I think with the NBA, that's something that's important too. And I think that's where I really believe the football audience here listening to this program, which we get a ton of downloads and, and listens from football people, they complement each other quite well. 
because there's a lot of similarities, defense versus position, you know, stuff like that pace of play, the stuff that matters in the NFL game scripts matter a lot. The news cycle for the NBA is, is prevalent there as well. So there are a lot of similarities and ways to win. So my preference is like, I, there's two ways to do what you're doing. I see what you're doing and I know where it's coming from and why you're doing it. I think, yeah, fuck, I bless it to the highest of Holy lands. Now there's the other side, which I've seen before too. That person is trying to make up for the last bet, trying to make up for losing right. this time. I'm going to go back to show the world and they start burying themselves, right? Like not being able to get off of a player when you know it's not working. And for whatever reason, that becomes a problem. So, um, and I, I just know you too well, and I see the bets that you're making and the DFS plays and the write-ups that I read every fucking day. Uh, I'll, I'm reading them during the show, truth be told. Like, you, Fancy doesn't know this. I, he sends them into the editor at fantasyguru.com, and I'm on the Elite show from 3 to 6 Eastern on SiriusXM, and I'm like fucking I, – I get all those emails too. I, I just click <laughs> – I start reading the rough draft. I'm reading it right fucking as we're going, baby, because because uh, I lo- there's a lot of useful information in those NBA write-ups too. So I, I know, know where it's coming. Feel from. threatened by it, Jeff, but it's the right way to do it. We shouldn't be just listing players. We should be explaining the mentality that goes into every single play. Especially yeah. if I'm going to be promoting cash games, then I need to say, and I feel like I need to admit and give every little ounce of effort as to prove to why this player is worthy of being a cash game play. Um, how do you handle the news cycle? So like, what's the right way to, ha- what, what's like some tips and tricks that we can give people for handling NBA news? Because, you know, I've, I've had to learn this as, as we go and not easy at first. It can be overwhelming, but what are some strategies you implement? Well, from the betting side, Jeff, and something that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to give more bets in the morning. And that's uh-huh. because the odds tend to be better. But with the news cycle intact, if you're seeing half of the team is questionable and you're still seeing a line, you might want to be careful about that. If you're seeing a team coming off of a the first leg of a back-to-back and then they just played a zillion minutes and even an overtime game, you want to be weary of that. You want to be careful. But if I'm seeing a team that's really looking unscathed going into the night immediately, and I see a low point prop for, let's just say a center because, and we'll talk about this a little bit. I've been sticking a lot into those centers with the low point props and it's been working. Then the mornings, Jeff, give you the best odds because as it goes up and up and up, the numbers are going to go up too. And normally one of FanDuel or DraftKings gives you a lower number than the other site. And you find that a lot more in the morning. So from the news cycle in the morning, that's where I look. From the DFS standpoint, it's very hard for me to have, and I got to give a lot of credit to the hockey writers, the Jorge Pucks and his team in the hockey writers. You're seeing it, Jeff. They're getting their DFS content in at 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, And man. it's amazing that they could do that. And yes, they're monitoring the news and everything, but Jorge Pucks will be the first to tell you because we've talked about it before that the news cycle in hockey is nothing like basketball. I'm doing a disservice by handing in my DFS NBA write-up at noon because I'm going to have to change it too much. And then there are going to be people uh-huh. that set their lineups really early, and then all of a sudden we find 20 injuries and my whole article becomes null and void. So with me, Jeff, I'm really trying to hold out as long as possible. 
And I first, it wasn't working out, Jeff. And I'll admit this, I made a mistake. I held out for the injuries a little too long, and I was getting the content in a little bit later. Some of the subscribers felt that they were not having enough time with my article and all of the writing to have lineups. I've swallowed mm -hmm. my pride when it comes to that, Jeff, and realized we have Discord for a reason. And so right. now, once 1 o'clock hits, whatever news is out, and I'll as I'm writing, I'll check back and I'll refresh and refresh. Yeah, but, you always yep, update it. Yep, once 1 o'clock hits... That's it. The write-up right. is beginning. I'm getting it in. I am making sure by somewhere in the 4 o'clock to 4.15 p.m. Eastern area, whoever is editing that article has that article. That way, by 5 o'clock, it's up. You have at least two hours now. It's right. the only way, Jeff. I can't beat the injury cycle. I tried that. I it didn't work out, and I've adjusted well, I love that part of it. I, I'm completely opposite as far as like the news cycle. I wait for every little bit. That's one thing. I, I wait for every little nugget, even though like, so I always look at it in the mornings and see, and you were saying it there too, where like what news, who's who's at practice? Who's at the, the just shoot arounds during the day? That gives you, you kind of get into a, 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 a uh, a sink, I guess, is the word. Like where you see it, like oh, LeBron is quite downgraded to questionable today. Every fucking day, this Every. guy. Oh Fuck my god! Day. But, Every you day. Know, well, you realize, all right, they're playing the Grizzlies and in Memphis and something. And it's like, all right, he's not playing. Like that's where you're like, all right, what's Austin Reeves' numbers at? What you know, you start looking around for guys around those players because that's what I'm looking for. Who? Because that's what it is. It's mostly star players that are playing shitty teams that they think they can get the victory against anyway. That's the majority. Or, and especially when you got shitty teams, the opponent's a shitty team, and it, you either back-to-back -back or you play three out of four days specifically, something in that nature. All right, it's not a big market game. It's not a nationally televised game. Be careful. Those fucking TNT games, that Sunday or Saturday night freaking ABC game. Oh, they don't miss those motherfuckers. Mm-mm, they ain't missing. Motherfuckers play through bullet wounds with right. uh, and those games. Like those are serious. So you got to pay attention to little things like that, and you can make some serious money on that. And quite frankly, this is why I don't bet. And Fancy makes fun of me all the time behind the scenes. I don't bet on stars. I mean, I just don't. I, I'm not because the stars. Number one, those are the biggest numbers in the world. And uh, you know, Steph Curry's great. I love betting on his prop, but I'll never take the twenty-eight and a half, twenty-nine and a half bet. Never because it's just too high. All right, I did twenty and it fucked me the other day on Steph because if a certain game flow happens, you know, aging player like that, eh, they're not gonna be on. They're not gonna. They'll go to the bone if the game if they're down a lot if they're up a lot I say this with starting pitchers for fantasy baseball purposes stop drafting Clayton Kirsch I told you that six years ago because it doesn't matter what happens in August the Dodgers are either in third place and out of the wild card race or they're in first and leading it either way Kershaw's getting skip starts it doesn't matter which side you go to he's still not playing right like that's the thing you have to realize and you catch on rather quickly to the NBA in my opinion, with that news cycle as well. Um, when it comes to bet, do you have a preference betting versus DFS? Like, do you like one more than the other? 
it, this won't cost me my job if I give this answer, correct? Can we I agree promise on nothing. that first? I promise nothing. <laughs> nothing. I like I like betting better than DFS. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I it's just again, I like focusing on the singular player and you know having to analyze the singular player compared to other players to make a lineup and especially with the core four and everything it's you know i need that core four to hit i need three of those four players to hit with that with the bet i feel like i feel i have a lot more control over my destiny when it comes to getting that win and right i feel like for me when I hit in betting, when I hit, you know, if I hit three cash games, I'm very excited. But man, for some reason, when I hit those three bets and I, like I told you, I'm up those extra two hours just filled with excitement that I won. It just gives me a little bit more oomph. Not saying I don't like DFS. I do like DFS very much. But when you're asking me one or the other, I do yeah. prefer betting over DFS. What I like about, so the way I look at it, Fensty, and again, I start news. My my daily cycle is you know, get up in the morning, you know, look at the news, see the match. I look at the. I do a lot of that in the night before, to be honest with you. I'm I'm a night before guy. You wonder why our staff posts things early. Well, that's my fault. I always post the night before. Like, oh, my baseball articles, DFS breakdowns were always done. I'm by impressed, the time somebody Jeff. Woke up at I, I am six a.m. Eastern. Yeah. That was always the way that I did it. So, um, and I think it's useful to the reader and then we always could update. But so I look at the news, follow what's going on. Then I dive into the matchups a a little deeper. I get sort of my cheat sheet, my yellow pad. I I write down the the things that I'm looking for and that I like. And, uh, you know, sort of of what I'm looking at point guards uh, against this team or, you know, bigs against uh, uh, Charlotte, for instance, and who's playing Indiana and Washington because the pace goes up in those games and, you know, little things like that. Uh, if those teams are playing and then of course, wait for your article to get in there. I'll read through that. I'll sort of narrow down my focus. And then for me, like I, I do bets first. Because with bets, I want a very specific target. Like you mentioned, like when you were posting Scotty Barnes, I haven't even told Fenty this, like in the early portion, I could, I wasn't betting that because Barnes was a great DFS play because that motherfucker will score one night, he'll rebound one night, he's he's distributing another, he does everything, which in DFS, mwah, chef's kiss. Betting, that don't help me. If I got points, I need that motherfucker shooting. I need shot, 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 shot. Old segment so, on the elite sports show. Yeah, old school, right? So, like, that's what I'm looking for. So, the players that I very, I'm very specific on, I'm like, all right, this guy's gonna shoot a ton points. This guy's gonna be on the ball a lot, assists, you know, and good and good spacing and stuff like that. I like that. This they have an advantage on the glass. I'm going to go after rebounds. Or I attack one category with the players that I have left over, right? And for me, it's it, did they check the news cycle? Of course, did they check the matchup cycle? Or is Fensty or Armando or Bonder or anybody on them? Yes, and if they check those boxes, that's my player pool for my DFS lineups. You know what and I mean? So also- like, because then that way, if I got like Steph the other night, you know, got 16 points, I needed 20 on an alt line play but he got 10 assists eh, right i can live with that right I, I live with that in dfs can't necessarily live with that obviously you can't you're not you're dead <laughs> because if you bet the points you're just kind of screwed there he's so annoying this year steph curry 
He is yeah. so annoying when it comes to betting or DFS. He, he really is a box of chocolates. You really don't know what you're going to get on a night in night, night out basis before you knew that you were going to get surefire scoring and assists. Now it's not like that for this guy anymore. It just makes me wonder if maybe the wear and tear is starting to take over. Yeah, they've got a whole transformation going on over there, and what they got to get rid of the dynasty, man. They 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 held out too long, and most dynasties do this, Jeff. They don't want to they don't want to end it. Like the Beatles had to end it, you know. After you know the chemistry was gone with them, they had to end it. They ended probably at the right time, where if they went on a few years, could have probably damaged their legacy or result in an all out battle royale between the four, but. With this Warriors dynasty, the dynasty's done, man. They don't yeah. have that same firepower that they do. They can still find it some nights. It's not every night anymore. It's not. And, you know, I don't know if CP3 coming back is going to do that much. It's really probably not. It's another body out there. But if Pajemski is like your, <laughs> if that's like your saving grace, you're probably in a little bit of trouble. You know, I'll say you know, this, Pajemski frank. and Kaminga will be good pieces, but yeah. they've got to reload their star power. And Jordan Poole, we're seeing it in D.C. when he was there. He was not that answer. Now Jordan Poole is a number one guy, is absolutely disgraceful, and the Wizards should look to trade him in the offseason for mm-hmm. a bag of chips because yeah. that's all he's worth at this point. So it, when it comes to the Warriors, man, they need to move on. They're actually, they've sent Clay Thompson to the bench for Pajemski. Yeah. They yeah. sent well, him to the bench. Right. And they should because, listen, Clay Clay's a mess. And you know what I mean? And Clay, I think, is the bigger biggest problem on that team, to be Agreed. honest with you. Be, just because he is so fuck, you know, he, he got fucked. There's no question. The multiple injuries fucked him. There's not, we get it. But he's obviously, like to anybody in the world, he's not the same player he used to be. And like the other day, he almost cost him that game because he wouldn't stop fucking shooting. He ju- he, they had the Jazz, they were down, tw- or they're up 12, 14 points. And this motherfucker would not stop because he wanted to pad his numbers because he scored, he had 30 at the time. And you know, going in the fourth, he kept fucking shooting and chucking and chucking. It's like, dude, you got to stop this shit. You're, you know what I mean? Just win the game. But he, it wasn't a team game anymore. He's got that chip on his shoulder because they sent him to the bench and he's pissed about it. So that that's the problem. You know, as much as, you know, I don't Draymond Green and all that, but Draymond will take his role. Like he right. will do his role. You know, Steph will take his role. Clay's just being a big baby with it all. So that that's, I think that's a big problem. I'm with you. And I, I don't know if you saw this, but Steph Curry tried to give him like a high five, a little bit of a dab, and he ignored him. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I see stuff like that happened, if I'm the GM of that team, I start thinking about how can we get rid of this guy? Major contract, going to be hard, but they're trying to hold out to see if they can, you know, find their youth once again. But that, to me, is done. You look at some of the teams out West that are better built than them, that are bigger than them, and they're going to get pushed around. I can imagine them facing the Minnesota Timberwolves, how are they going to be able to contain two monster guys that are good on both ends of the floor in a seven-game series? It's just not going to happen. Real quick, Fence, Steve, before we get out of here, um, who are your go-to matchups? Like, you know, with DFS or betting, the great thing about it is, like, we could attack certain teams' weaknesses night in and night out anytime they're on the court. 
So give give us a couple of your go-to targets every day. I mentioned I wake up and I'm looking at who Indiana and Washington are playing and, you know, different things like that. Which teams are you attacking on a regular basis? The Atlanta Hawks, for sure. They suck defensively. Everybody on that team, Jeff, sucks defensively. <laughs> it's embarrassing. The fact that this team's 24 and 31. The big specifically, right? Right. Or, the big no, both of them, both the yeah. Trey Young stinks at defense, but Clint Capella and Onyeko Konkwu also play no defense. So I'm right. constantly attacking them with centers. And you know why we attack them, Jeff? It's because they're a fast-paced offense. So let's say you have half the league that's running a little bit of a slower tempo. Anytime they're facing the Hawks, they're getting the pace boost. And the books don't always catch on to that. And that's where we beat the books. And uh, I absolutely love that. Uh, who else we got here, friends? Do you another team look? will go out west for the same exact reason? The Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings, another team that really doesn't play defense. You're wondering why this team, which in my opinion was the most popular team in the feel good story of the year last, last year. year. The they, beam, why, light the beam. Right, and you, and you notice how everybody's not all of a sudden saying that every time they're winning. It's because this team. When you look at them long-term, they're going to be able to beat Denver, the Clippers fully staffed, the Thunder? No, they're not going to. They're all offense outside of DeMontis Sabonis. We're attacking their backcourt. And then the Los Angeles Lakers, another team that plays very up-tempo. D'Angelo Russell is one of the worst defensive guards I've ever seen. He can score how many points he wants, but he's going to not stop the bleeding on the other side. And I look to attack the Lakers' point guard spot a lot. And also, Jeff, Anthony Davis, another center that lets up a lot of points. So when I, and you know, Jeff, I want to circle back to something you said, because yeah, when I I questioned you at first, when you didn't bet (laughs) on any stars and you're like, Hey, what do you think of Fontecchio over seven and a half points? But then, you know, Jeff, in December, I went on a major betting losing streak. I think Mm. it ended up being a 13 bet losing streak. And you know what? You know what? No one in that discord told me to go fuck myself. No, at least to me, nobody complained. <laughs> I explained. Me. I wrote an behind apology my back, maybe behind my yeah. back, maybe. But you know what? I wrote yeah. an apology message and I said I'm not giving up on my strategy. And there were a lot of people who were like, you know what, Fensty? We all have our lulls. And what happened? I started to see what you were doing, and I said, you know what? I need to be looking for players that have lower point totals. Those B and C listers that still get 28 to 32 minutes that take maybe eight to 13 shots. And you know what? I did that. And that's how I found the low point props for the Yaka Pirtles, the Rudy Gobert's, the Wendell Carter juniors. That's how I found those point props because I started to kind of play the game theory that you were playing and it's worked out better because if you look over the last month and a half or since the calendar year has turned, we've been hitting a lot more than missing. No question about it. And again, it's something I learned the last couple of years Fade the stars. Don't bet on the superstars during the regular season and only bet on them in the playoffs. Like that's, Agreed. that's the whole thing. And those role players, and that's what Fenstey brings the table. Armando brings the table. Like knowing you will make crazy money, Justin, you know, trusting yourself to bet on those role players because you know the pace of play, you know the rotations. I mean, we, we got guys in Discord all the time pointing out the Jalen Brown over five and a half first quarter points and shit that like that. Great. <laughs> it was a great run. We won several in a row like that. You know what I mean? Once you know, oh, Tatum is 
goes to the bench with you know seven minutes to go in the first, but Jalen Brown stays in. He becomes the primary scorer. He's always getting four points in the last four five minutes of of the first quarter. So as long as he gets a one bucket early, you're absolutely golden, and it happens eighty five percent of the time. Pretty freaking good. And knowing those rotations, and once you sit, instead of saying, "Oh God, I hope LeBron James uh, or whoever plays." 30 minutes tonight, instead of worrying about that side of it, I'll say, fuck it. And I'll look at it and be like, all right, if LeBron's not playing, that's going to be more shots for Rui Hachimura coming off the bench. All right. And D'Angelo or maybe Russell too. D'Angelo Russell has D'Angelo so much more time with the ball when LeBron James doesn't play. Absolutely. You, you see guys that come in like that, but it, it's like that for a ton of teams. You know, if you, again, you think that, if the Heat are going to be up or down a lot, that's that's where my Jaime Hakas or my Duncan Robinson goes on a scoring barrage. And if we only need seven, eight, nine points, well, we can get that even if the game winds up being close. Now, that's a doable win even in that environment. But if the game goes according to the script that we think it will, where it'll be, you know, the Heat will be up or or we're down either way, and they're sitting Jimmy, they're sitting uh, Tyler Hero for extended periods of time. And that's, that's more shots for Duncan Robinson, Hawkins and, and guys like that. So like once you're aware of those rotations, you wait. And that's another reason you have to, I have to wait until later on because they don't give you the bench players numbers until late until yeah, like the man, final you hour. That, you were saying that. And I guess I never realized it. And now that I've focused my strategy on at least trying to, because Jeff, what I try to do is I try to get at least one bet out before I start my DFS write-up, which normally yeah. takes three to four hours with everything included. But when I start, I try to at least put the bet out first. That way, in case I run out of time, I'm not rushing and maybe forcing another bet in there. So I try to get at least one out there. Then I write my content. Then we're sitting at about 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern. I'll put another bet or two out there afterwards with the content that I just wrote in mind, which, by the way, you guys can make the connection. You'll see a lot of my bets will be a core four player because that yeah. look, if I'm that confident that the player is going to smash and give us that five to seven X return. I'm thinking that they're going to be going over in a certain category. So mm-hmm. you're going to often see the correlation there. So yeah, Jeff, I mean, that's really what it comes down to for me and just trying to make sure I could give everybody enough time to prep. But trust me, man, I'm a perfectionist. I wish I could wait till six o'clock, but we need time to be able to create our game plans nightly. Absolutely. And you're in the chat every stinking night, uh, yep. helping our subs and our members over at fantasyguru.com, you know, get better every single day. And that's what we are all about. You know what? We've run, we're plumb out of time. Justin Fetzman, I could talk to you forever. My friend, appreciate you joining me here on one man's opinion. Please listen to Justin Fetzman's new show with Ray flowers Monday through Thursday on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. The show is called elite sports game time. Folks, this is what the future of radio is. Fuck Chris Collinsworth and fuck, (laughs) you know, these announcers that don't study analytics, that don't talk betting, that don't talk DFS. Fuck all of them in the ass twice over. What we are looking for, turn off the volume, turn off the broadcast, turn up Sirius 87, Justin Fensterman and Ray Flowers every weeknight, except Fridays, I guess, Monday through Thursday, and tune them in. They will give you the information you're looking for. They will play the highlights that you're looking for. They will go throw to the real end game 
as we speak, literally in-game programming, hockey, NBA, MLB, when Major League Baseball season starts there as well, talking about the betting element, talking about the drafting element, giving you actual, real, tangible winning advice. I cannot wait for it whatsoever. Fensty, thanks for joining me on the show. Follow him at Fensty Sports on the old Twitter machine, and uh, I don't call it X-Fensity. I'm never, I'm never going to do that. No, I understand that, Jeff. Jeff, since we've been, like, all business, can we leave everybody yeah. with one story from our past? Is that okay? Yes. What do you I'll got? I'll make it very quick. What's because, And this is from listening to our last episode. We promoted Uh-oh. the story, but we never actually told it. It's where the you just did came from, the origin of that oh. story. So I'll be very quick, and then we so can get great. out of here. Yes. So when I was Jeff's producer, this was probably back in – 2016 2017 so the sensitivity factor starting to heighten up a little bit but at the same time when jeff would be in his monologue he would sometimes bring up race and there were a couple shows where my face would be pretty cringe when jeff would be bringing up race and politics involved in the sports conversation and i guess i never really understood it so one break and anytime i asked jeff and questioned jeff i tried to be as respectful as possible. And I'd be like, Hey Jeff, can I ask you a question? You're like, yes, Justin. And I'm like, Jeff, do you always have to bring race into the conversation? (laughs) Do you always have to bring that race and political side? And you literally just said to me, yes, yes, I do. End of conversation. That's it. Five days later, here we go again. You start with the race and the politics in the conversation. And I'm sitting there kind of just being like, like Jeff said, he has to bring it in. And I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden, after your whole diatribe, whatever you were talking about involved the sports, race, and politics, you just go, uh, Justin, can I talk about race on the air? This was five days later. Yeah. You say this, and I'm just like, you just did, Jeff. <laughs> yes, and that's the story, story for the, you just did, Jeff. You just did. Yeah, it was great. And that, can again, I talk about is... our bosses on the air, Jeff? Justin, you just did there, Jeff. Just they're did, about Jeff. to call me. And and they would call. I mean, how many times a week would the bosses call the studio, do you think? like on Oh, average? man, it, it was multiple times. I'd say out of the five days a week, probably a good 3.5 on average over the years I, we were working together. I learned how to tiptoe those waters a little bit better. And it's one of the reasons I started this podcast. It's like, here's the thing is I don't, I'm not afraid like other people are afraid of the race, the religion, that kind of conversation. Right. And I don't blame, by the way, I don't blame other people, especially that was also 20. It was a different environment. I think the COVID and post COVID our culture has changed quite a bit where everybody just has determined I'm on a side. I'm either left or right. And that's fucking it. And I'll throw my fucking sword into your chest. Even if you're my brother, it's, it's a very weird environment. And I just don't partake in that environment. I want to have real discussions with real people about everything. And I don't have affiliations or stuff like that. I, I don't go tribal. So I like having those discussions. And I, that's why I tell everybody to start and end of the shows. This show ain't for you. If you're going to be one of those people, if you're, and I'm not playing games either. You know who you are out there and listener. You know that you're the person that just scout. You'll type in certain code words or certain search words into social media. And then you know you're looking for something. You're going to screenshot it. You're going to send it somewhere. We we know the game, right? I know this game. And I don't want to play. <laughs> play part cheesy. I don't want to play. I play backgammon. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to play any backgammon with you. I'm not interested in it. But 
yeah, on XM radio, it's just not something we could do anymore. We can't even, I used to, we used to have fun with it. We can't even do that anymore. Post COVID. It's just can't even discuss it. It's not even worth say, it. F that every Friday. That's that segment got canceled. That it got did. pulled. Yeah. They, they pulled a, that Thanks from a lot, us. Schuster. Thanks a lot, Ted. Yeah. Fucking Ted. Uh, always he ruins everything. Trouble. He really does. But then now we do canceled instead of F that, which is love essentially the, love the, same the rejoin thing. for that. You know, I'm a production nerd. Oh, I know you are. You've made, you've made several of our uh, <laughs> things because I don't change, I don't change anything. We don't change shit. So Fenstey made half or more of our uh, rejoins at this point on the elite sports show, but they make sure you guys are tuning in again, elite sports game time and head over to fantasyguru.com. Use the promo code game time, G A M E T I M E. That's to get the MVP plant. Another 25 bucks off folks. Another 25. We're not broadcasting this everywhere. Just on select places. This is a special limited time offer. So get in. Make that money. You need the side hustle that we talked about, everybody. We need that in today's age. Get help with that grocery bill. Help get a tank of gas in your tank. Have fun with the Elite Mafia. You learn some shit about sports that maybe you didn't even know you liked. Maybe you're just an MMA guy or a PGA guy or college or whatever it is. Nobody's going to balk at winning money. I could promise you that at the very least. Again, follow Fensty at Fensty Sports on Twitter. My name is Jeff Mans. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky, all of those places. You may disagree with everything or something that Fensty or I said on today's show. Folks, go pound sand. And remember, this was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!